Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. Australia is fresh off a 164-run victory in the opening test of the NRMA Insurance Test Series against the West Indies in Perth. Coming up later in this episode, we are speaking to Australian bowler Scott Boland, so do hang around for that. But for now, it's me, Josh Honefinger, and I'm going to welcome Louis Cameron, who has switched across from Perth to Adelaide ahead of the second test, and we're going to get his thoughts on that first test, welcome, Louis. How was the first test for you? Yeah, it was. Um, it was good. It was. It was a good test, I suppose. I mean, it, it was a bit of a, a disappointing one for the West Indies. There's no two ways about it. Um, I think they would have gone in there hoping they could they could do a lot better than than what they showed. I think a lot of their um, some of their fast bowling issues kind of came. Um, came to the fore with um, you know Alzari Joseph having a bit of a headache on in the first innings and Kemar Roach hurting himself in the second. Jaden Seals bizarrely um, not being used for on a, on through a large part of day two, um, and it just you know when you when you're not at full strength against Australia, um, you know coming up against Marnus Labuschagne and Steve Smith on their home turf on a on a wicket that I think, you know, it probably wasn't as spicy as, as previous years and didn't offer as much to the bowlers uh, for large parts um, compared to previous years. Um, when you're bowling to those guys on, on that kind of wicket, that it's um, that it's tough work, isn't it? Yeah, and it looked like it might be a spicy wicket as, as well. On day one, there was a nice, even coverage of grass all the way across the pitch. But in the end, Australia chose the bat first and made four declared for 598, that was a double century for Minus Labuschagne and a double century also for Steve Smith. Travis Head got 99. West Indies followed that up with 283. Craig Bath- Brathwaite, sorry, and Tajnarayan Chandapal were both good, making half centuries, but after that they sort of fell away. Minus Labuschagne got a century again in the second innings and then Nathan Lyon cleaned up with six for 128 in the fourth innings. Craig Brathwaite was excellent with 110, but ultimately... Uh, the job was too big for him to get his side to safety. Gets it fine. This is something special. The 100 coming off the double. Only the eighth batsman in test history to do it. Take a bow, Manus Labuschagne. So we have to speak about Manus Labuschagne, I suppose. Just the eighth player in test history to score a double century and a century in the same test match. And any signs that he was slowing down have definitely been cast away haven't they he's on the up and up as a test cricketer isn't he I mean to get the 200 in the first innings was the tempo that we've kind of known and uh, seen from Manus for, for quite a few years now um, it, it wasn't a surprise in terms of the way he uh, he got to that double century it was um, it was you know textbook Manus patience uh, waiting for the West Indies to, to err and then capitalizing I think what what was a, a touch more so um, Surprising, maybe surprising is the wrong word because um, you know we're just getting used to him piling on the runs, especially at home. But the tempo of his second innings, when quick runs were were needed, 
um, you know, I thought was really encouraging from from a player that is, is showing that he doesn't just have one gear and um, he's becoming uh, a staple in the, in the ADI team as well. He's pushing for, for selection in the T20 side and has had some encouraging performances with the Brisbane Heat. And I think that's that's helped him. Um, and he weathered a, a really fiery spell from Alzari Joseph in the second dig there. Um, the kind of spell West Indies really needed in the first dig, if, if we're being honest. Um, and, and, you know, he, he got through that. He, he had a bit of luck. Uh, the, the players were kind of hearing, uh, seemed to be uh, teasing him a lot about the, the luck he's getting and whether that's related to an eagle on the back of his bat. Um, which is a, a reference to a Bible verse that is a favourite of, of Manus as a, you know, a devout Christian. You know, faith is, is important to him. And I think there's a, a bit of gentle ribbing suggesting that um, that his, his prayers <laughs> prayers are being answered. Um, uh, you know, that, that has... It, it's funny, it's funny that one, like, um, in terms of... Uh, I think Crickviz said not long ago that he's maybe the luckiest batsman of all time well uh, I mean he's creating his own luck isn't he that's right definitely if you uh, next time minus bats just have a little look on the back of his bat there is a little uh, eagle I suppose is, is it an eagle that he's got there on the back it is an eagle although the players I believe call it a crow um, and I, I think I think it's part of the joke that they that they call it a crow instead of an eagle um, I don't know I don't know the full extent of it but um, yeah they they um they call it that for some reason, but uh, it seems to be working, doesn't it? It certainly does. And also on the first test preview, we spoke about Steve Smith. He had some large words saying how good a form he is in, and he certainly backed that up. Unbeaten double century in the first innings. And while Manus may have had a bit of luck and a bit of fortune in his innings, Steve Smith's was pretty well chanceless. Quick single for Smith. Two hundred. Stephen Smith, helmet comes off, arms in the air, he's fourth in test cricket. Yeah, it was an incredible start to the summer for Steve Smith, wasn't it? I mean, he said before the series that um, that he felt like he'd, he'd got his hands back and um, that everything was moving and uh, really well and that he his technique was in, in a better shape than what it has been Um perhaps since the 2014-15 summer, which he kind of sees as a high watermark of his career. And I think, um, you know, during that summer against India, he made a century in the first uh, test of the of the season. Um, and the fact he's, he's made a 200 not out um, and then backed it up with some runs in the second dig, you know, is is pretty, um, you know, it's it's ominous for, for what's to come. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he goes up against a rejuvenated West Indies side and I really hope we see that in Adelaide um, and then against, you know, the, the fiery quicks of South Africa uh, later in the summer. Yeah, in that 2014-15 summer, I think he got a century in every test match against India, didn't he? So maybe this season he's uh, on track for a double century in every test match. <laughs> that would be, uh, I'm sure, all kinds of records would fall if that was the case. And in the second innings of uh, the West Indies chase, Craig Brathwaite got 110. But it was Nathan Lyon who bowled Australia to victory. Pat Cummins wasn't bowling because of a quad issue, but Australia's greatest ever off-spinner got the job done. He did. I mean, he bowled beautifully on that on that final day with no Pat Cummins. I mean, just basically him from one end over and over and over. Um, again, he just continually challenged the, the West Indies batters. Like, he, his skill on Australian pitches that offer him that extra bit of bounce is incredible and um, and it's even more remarkable when you consider how visiting spinners keep coming to Australia and keep having so much trouble 
I mean, Jack Leach really struggled against um, against Australia last summer. Ross and Chase, uh, you know, looked looked all at sea um, bowling to Australia on in Perth. So it's just remarkable what he continues to do. And um, I think he's close to, to 450 test wickets now. He'll become the all-time leading wicket taker at Adelaide Oval as well. Um, presuming he picks up at least one during this day-night test. He's level with the great, late great Shane Warne on 56 wickets. So um, it's this this Aussie team, there's a, there's a group of them now who are kind of moving into a a new bracket, right? Like Nathan Lyon did the press conference today and um, he got asked about what uh, what it would be like for Lance Morris, who's been called into the squad for this second test. What would it be like for him uh, coming into a new environment where he doesn't know many people and, um, you know, hasn't really been around international cricket at all? And Lyon was recalling how, you know, he had Mike Hussey and Ricky Ponting and um, a lot of these legends of the game when he first came into the dressing room. Well, now, I, I'm not sure if these guys realise they're maybe not legends of the game just yet, but Pat Cummins, Nathan Lyon, uh, Mitchell Stark, Steve Smith, these guys are as, as, you know, as, good as, um, as good as some of the greats. And, and for someone like Lance Morris, it, it's intimidating. So, um, yeah, they're, they're moving into a new, new phase of their career, I suppose. Kimar Roach. Yeah. Bold him! Lyon finishes with six. Australia defeat the West Indies by 164 runs and take a 1-0 lead in this two-test series. And as we saw in that last test as well, all of those four bowlers now have 200 test wickets to their name, which is the first time in test history that the four bowlers have been in the same 11 with 200-plus wickets. So that's pretty incredible. Let's look ahead to the next test. You mentioned Lance Morris. He and Michael Nisa have been brought into the test squad uh, with Pat Cummins under a bit of an injury cloud. He's got that quad issue. And there's a bit of deja vu, I guess, because ahead of last year's Adelaide test, Cummins was a laid out with uh, being a COVID close contact and Josh Hazelwood was out with a side strain. So um, could we see an almost completely new bowling attack for the Adelaide test yet again? My mail is that uh, Mitch and, and Josh Hazelwood have pulled up reasonably well. Um, Nathan Lyon said that they were, were on the golf course today, so uh, I'm not sure if there's too many question marks around those two, although you, you never know around um, how bowlers will be you know, managed throughout a series. Um, for me, Pat Cummins, I mean, he was very bullish at the end of the last test, basically saying that, yeah, he'll be right for Adelaide, no dramas at all. Uh, he also said it was a one-week injury and that he, you know, that he suffered it um, at some point during that test. For me, I'd, you know, if I was in those shoes, I would be be thinking about putting him on ice this test. Like, there's just so much, so much cricket to come up. There's three more tests against South Africa, obviously after this. There's a tour of India, a tour of uh, of England after that. There's white ball internationals. Pat's skipping the IPL basically because this um, this upcoming schedule is just too hectic. So, I mean, on the one hand, you might say he's missed the IPL so that he could prioritise Test cricket and, and maybe play with with a small injury like this. But I just think that even despite his importance to the team and despite him being captain of the team, I just think the fact you've got a guy like Scott Boland waiting in the wings, you know, you're not putting you know someone untested in there. Um, I think that would be the smart play. Uh, unless Pat is is 100% fit and firing. Okay, yeah, well, fingers crossed for the main quicks that they get up and play again. But we just might want to just touch on these two inclusions. We know Michael Neeser, of course. He made his debut last Adelaide Test. And this year he's got 24 shield wickets 
at an average of 14.5. But Lance Morris, he's somebody who a lot of casual fans wouldn't know too much about. This season he's got 27 shield wickets at an average of 18 and he consistently pushes the speed gun up into the high 140s. I was at a, a shield game actually earlier this year and Western Australia have the, take their own little speed gun to the ground and when Morris was bowling he was hitting into the mid to high 140s. So it's another raw pace bowler that Australia can potentially unleash in the near future. Yeah, and you, you tend to feel like he's been brought into the squad as, as cover for Mitchell Stark, that Nice has been brought into the, the squad as cover for Josh Hazelwood, and then you've obviously got Boland there on standby for, for Pat Cummins. Those seem to be the like-for-like kind of permutations there, um, with, with Boland probably at the front of the queue, regardless of, of who, would, who would to go out. But yeah, Lance Morris, it, we, we really don't haven't seen a whole lot of him. I mean, he's, he's not even like... Uh, one of these guys who's been dominating shield cricket for a long time. He's he's really just put it together this season, and and I think a little bit towards the back end of last season, he um he started to come into his own, and, and there were some you know some whispers over in the West that they'd um they'd got a guy right who's who's played you know been around the traps for for a little while now, and, and now being the Sheffield Shield leading wicket taker, he's he's absolutely deserved his spot. Um, in this extended squad. I was a little surprised that, um, I mean, no surprise that Michael Neese is in there. He's having another another excellent season and, and we also know what he can do with the bat. But I thought his sidekick in Queensland, Mark Steckity, um, would be a really good option and, and will be a really good option at test level at some point. He's sitting at 25 wickets at 15 uh, for the summer, uh, just, you know, two behind Lance Morris there. So... Um, he, he did really well in Sri Lanka as well on the Australia A Tour. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's around the mix at some point um, as well, as, as well as Sean Abbott, um, who, who might consider himself a, a touch unlucky too. But, um, yeah, I mean, Lance Morris, with a, with a nickname like the Wild Thing, you just want to see him play, don't you? He's Morris, and that's a very good Holy. ball. Nothing short about that, Wayne Clark. It crashed into the off stump and the middle. Of course, Jai Richardson, another one who just isn't quite right to bowl at the minute either so um, he wasn't considered I believe so that's a shame for him but plenty of options in the fast bowling stocks for Australia just quickly on the West Indies we thought their fast bowling was going to be their strength but as you mentioned briefly earlier it, it didn't really work out for them and it ended up their top order was their their strongest suit of their game in the first test yeah it's a good point I mean you wouldn't have predicted that a first game at Tenerjarine I'm struggling with his name. Chanderpaul, son of Shiv, he um, he was he was excellent, and he apart from Brathwaite, looked the, the best and the most comfortable of the the West Indies batter batters, and um, he kind of got billed as maybe a guy who was a, a nicker and a nudger, but um, in, in amongst some really solid defence, there were some fantastic shows, um, little displays of flair. I thought, like the way he he cut, the way he, he pulled Pat Cummins for a six, um, I think it was late on day two. Um, that was that was really impressive and um, I think a really great sign for West Indian cricket that they might have got a, a long-term opening partnership there. For me, for me, as I kind of touched on before, I think that the West Indies quicks really do have a point to prove in this test. I was disappointed by Azari Joseph. I know he was a little bit ill um, to start the game. Ross and Chase revealed that after the test, um, which might have explained why his speeds were a little bit down. He then showed what he had in the second dig, so that's you know that's a show of character that um, you know that he can back up in the second innings. The management of seals really um, 
just what I thought was really strange. I mean, I thought he was just about their best bowler on day one. He, he tailed off a little bit towards the end of the day, but Brathwaite didn't bring him on to bowl for nearly the entire first session uh, early on day two. And I just thought for a young guy that was, um, it looked dispiriting for him. Like his, his body language out on the ground was, was pretty poor. So who knows exactly what was going on there. And then um, obviously there's a, a bit of a question mark over Kemar Roach's fitness um, going into this test. So they've they've flown in a, a lad called Mark Kino's Mindley, I hope I've said that right, uh, from the, the West Indies uh, for, for this test. And uh, he, you know, he could potentially play uh, if, if required. They've also got Anderson Phillip as, as a backup. So yeah, really, really hoping the Windies quicks can, can show a little bit more in this test. And he's not exactly a quick, but Kyle Mayers as well is one, someone who didn't bowl at the end of the match as well because of a shoulder complaint. And we know that he can swing the ball a lot, even in conditions that don't necessarily suit swing bowling. So it would, would be a real shame for the West Indies if he can't bowl in Adelaide. He, he can't. I can confirm that. Yeah, we spoke to the West Indies assistant coach, Roddy Eswick, today at, at a press conference and he said Kyle wouldn't bowl in this test, which I presume that uh, that means he probably will still play as a specialist batter. Uh, I don't think they lose. He, he bowled quite quite nicely in the bits that I saw as a as little medium pacer. But um, you know they they can still play three quicks, the spinner and and Jason Holder. So you know that it's um, it shouldn't be you know too much of a of a loss for him. The other one is is Bonner. Um, he's not gonna. It looks like he, <coughs> sorry. Let me start that again. <coughs> the other one is Bonner who. Uh, got concussed during that first test, uh, and that's his second concussion, I believe, in the in the last eighteen months or so. So he, um, they they've been quite cautious with him. So I don't think he'll play this second test, which um, which actually may, may not be a, a bad sign. I shouldn't say that because he's he's concussed. But I actually thought Brooks looked a lot more composed uh, and just looked like their best middle order batter um, during, during that test after he came in. So I think it's a, it's a good thing for the West Indies that Brooks will, should play. Yeah, I tend to agree. Now, just before we get to your chat with Scott Boland, Lou, obviously Adelaide, it's one of Australia's favorite test matches. What's your favorite part about the Adelaide test? Great question. Having the mornings off is pretty nice. I know a lot of the other journalists don't like the day night test because it uh, means that they can't really get a beer until 11 o'clock. But um, I think it's great for punters. You know, people can, can you know, really enjoy themselves at the cricket and um, and do something a little bit different. I love, I mean, for me as a, as a, um, as a former fast bowler, seeing the ball swing under lights in that kind of transition period, I think is, is super exciting. So, um, you know, I might just, I might just hit the snooze button through the, the first session during this test, Josh, and, and um, you can wake me up when um, when they're bowling on the lights. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Lou, all the best for the test. And now we'll jump into your chat with Scott Boland. I'm here on the Unplayable podcast with Scotty Boland, Australia's hero from the MCG test and, and also some other tests last summer. Uh, he is uh, hoping to play this week, as he always is, uh, with a bit of a fitness cloud over the captain, Pat Cummins. Scotty, how's it feel to be um, to be back in Adelaide? Yeah, it's good. Um, it's been a, it's been a good uh, good start to the summer with the win last week in Perth. But uh, I think everyone's looking forward to the day night test and the um, great crowd we get here in Adelaide. Busy time for you um, running the drinks in Perth. What was that like? Um, just witnessing witnessing that win from the sidelines, I suppose. Yeah, it was great. It was um, obviously the batters got got the game off to a really good start. Um, Manus and 
um, Smith and Venusi and stuff. So, yeah, good way for them to start summer. Um, yeah, hopefully it's more runs um, and, yeah, and plenty of time spent out in the middle for them. Um, then from the bowling front, yeah, it was really good. Really good way to wrap up the win. Um, sort of a bowler down in the second innings, but I think yeah, the way um, Nathan Lyon controlled pretty much that one end for the hop, pretty much the whole second innings was, yeah, was class. You spent a lot of time with these guys over the last 12 months. We obviously, you know, people listening to this will remember what you did at the back end of last summer. What they might not have known is that you also went on tours of Pakistan and, and Sri Lanka and got to see these guys up close for probably the, the longest period of, I guess, your career. You, you must have picked up a, a fair bit just observing these guys. Yeah, being able to spend so much time with guys like um, Josh Hazelwood and Pat Cummins and uh, Mitchell Stark as well. Yeah, I know you. You know, you, once you become sort of a bit closer mates with them, um, I feel like I was sort of a bit more open to asking them questions at training and stuff like that. And we had lots of centre wickets. And, um, yeah, I think that they've been great for me. They've been pretty much an open book. If I've ever got a question, they've been really happy to, to answer it. And, um, yeah, I think that's helping with, well, with my game as well, like just picking up little things off guys like Josh and Pat. Um, yeah, it's been great. Were you kind of in in awe of them to start with? Um, yeah, oh, I met him, met him a few times before the last summer, but never really spent an extended extended amount of time with them. So um, it's nice to be able to train alongside those guys who are obviously the best in the world. Are you going to play this week? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You probably know as much as me, Lou. Um, but I think yeah, Pat's obviously got a little bit of a sore quad, but I think he's pretty confident he'll get up. Um, I assume he'll need to bowl either today or tomorrow or whatever. But, yeah, I think they'll give him the um, the most chance to get right and it might even take up right up until the toss to decide. Um, but, yeah, if available, well, if I'm selected, I'll be ready to go. Well, we've got about 48 hours before, um, probably a little bit over that, before the first ball's bowled on Thursday, Scotty. As someone who, you know, might be playing, you might be, you know, an injury away from playing, tell us what the next, um, you know, 48 hours looks like from, from you, from a, firstly, from a physical point of view, a physical preparation point of view, but also, you know, mentally preparing yourself for potentially playing. Yeah, so uh, we've got training tonight, so I'll have a, a probably bowl five or six overs tonight at training. Um, just keep the body moving. Um, I feel like the ball's coming out well, so I want to keep bowling as much as I can during the nets and just to make sure I'm ready to go for the game. Um, if, so if I sort of get a bit of a heads up that I will be playing, um, I'll do a bit, little bit of technical work before, uh, the day before the game. Um, I usually do that day before every game that I play, so I'll keep doing that. Um, and then probably mentally just be yeah, making sure I'm in the right space to... Um, that if I don't find out until really late, that I'm ready to go anyway. Um, I think, yeah, well, last year the games I played, I sort of got a bit of a heads up a day or two before, but this is a bit different um, circumstances with Pat's injury. So um, it could be, yeah, an hour before the game. I don't find out till then, so I just need to make sure I'm ready to go. So I'll do a bit of um, just, yeah, thinking about what I want to do during the game. If I do play, I feel like what it looks like, um, stuff like that. So... That'll be yeah, a big part of my prep as well. It's interesting that you say that even the day before a game, you like to go in and do some technical work. I mean, kind of observing the other fast bowlers and probably a lot of fast bowlers around the world, they don't really do much the day before a game. That A lot of them don't train. I think a lot of them just go go and play golf. You're a bit different, aren't you, Scotty? Like, you, you'd like to always kind of be bowling. Um, yeah, if I know I'm, de- I'm going to be playing, I, d- I want to just yeah, keep my body going. I'm 
pretty technical the way I bowl and um, if something's a little bit off, then you obviously don't feel great. But if I just I just want to give myself every chance to to have my body in the right spot at the crease um, and then that sort of helps my uh, me mentally as well that I know I've done everything right, that I'm ready to go, I can scrap there and bowl and um, I should be fine. People take the mickey out of Marnus and, and Steve for how much they bat in the nets. Do people take the mickey out of you for how much you bowl? No, I don't think I bowl excessively, but yeah, um, yeah I do like to do that technical stuff. Yeah. Uh, Adelaide Oval in general, what are your, what are your kind of memories of, of playing here? You would have played here quite a bit in, in the Shield. Yeah, we haven't played here for a couple of years in Shield cricket, but um, probably over the last 10 years I would have yeah, played here a fair bit. Um, I think for Victoria, we've had some pretty good wins here in the past. Um, I feel like I've I've bowled pretty well here. I've got, yeah, got some wickets and stuff like that, but yeah, it's a really nice ground to bowl at. Um, both good ends to bowl at, which is always nice. And when you come to big stadiums, it's never really a bad end. So um, yeah, fond memories. The, the training setup they got here is elite. So um, it's probably the best in the country in terms of the nets, um, which is always good for your preparation as well. I remember speaking to Chris Rogers about you. Um, I think it was, I think it was last summer, and he was speaking about a, a performance you had in in Adelaide, not at Adelaide Oval. Maybe the summer before that. I think it was the game where Marcus Harris and Will Pukowski made four hundred and eighty or something, and um, you needed to bowl out South Australia on the last day, and, and you got six wickets. You, you didn't quite win the game from memory, but he kind of pointed to that as a um, as a big kind of moment in, in, in your career potentially like does that um, is that kind of fair to say that, that Adelaide has a has a special place for you um, you know for that game um, yeah it was obviously a memorable game we, I remember oh, even being in this hotel we're staying at now we did um, 14 days qu- hotel quarantine here so um, walking in didn't bring back great memories <laughs> but <laughs> we're here now so um, yeah but yeah uh, I do remember that game it was um, we pushed really hard to, to bowl South Australia I think we bowled like 100 and 50 overs or something like that in the last innings um, didn't get there but yeah I think that was probably the first time where I had to sort of um, lead the attack without guys like um, Sids and Pato and Trem not there so um, yeah it was I personally that was a good game for me but yeah we still were two wickets short. So tell me about uh, I guess leading the attack now which is you know what you do with Victoria with with a, a pretty young attack I'd say maybe apart from from you not the year old um, Scotty but you know you're, you're a comparative veteran to some of the guys you've got with you tell me about how you you managed your preparation um, for this test summer knowing that you're going to be around the, the test side when when you probably didn't you know in, in previous years and you know how you kind of balance that with um, I guess leading the Victorian attack yeah, so um, probably from even from Sri Lanka, the sort of the planning went into play to get ready for the start of the summer. Um, George and Andrew McDonald been really clear about um, how they saw my um, preparation in the summer going, and um, they sort of said play three of the first four Shield games, um, play the one day, play the um, one day games if you're available. So um, yeah, that sort of made my plan really. Well, they make it really clear, which is great. Um, it really helps with the way you can prepare for games and stuff like that um, and then in terms of um, trying to like help the young guys our younger guys develop like we've got Will Sutherland Mitch Perry have played I don't know 20 and 15 games um, and then apart from that pretty much everyone else has played two or three games or, or none so um, coming through has been for, for them to come through their development um, if I can help that in any way I've been trying to do it um, 
Chris Rogers sort of just been saying just to keep doing what I do and train the way I do and well, hopefully these guys will catch pick up a couple of little things that um, that you do that or that I do that, that can help with our game and I we can even see a day before a game now at Victorian training. There's a lot of guys doing technical work, which in the past probably hasn't happened. But um, yeah, with with such a young attack, we need to be ticking every box to to make sure we're right to go because we're coming up against some pretty good batting lineups. And um, when you haven't got that experience to fall back on, when you are going a little bit um, when everything's not going well, then it sort of makes it hard. So yeah, all the little technical things that um, we can get right it just gives us the best chance and one of the other things I know that you, you like doing in addition to bowling the day before a game is bowling you know during lunch and, and tea breaks which which I find really interesting have you got a um you know an army of you know Victorian quicks who are now kind of out there doing that with you yeah they do um I sort of got encouraged to help got to drag them out of the change rooms when after yeah Buck said keep get it get them out there like keep getting them get them get them moving and stuff like that so um yeah, it's all going. We're all, I think we're on the right track to, uh, in the next couple of years, have some really good fast bowlers coming through. Where did you, like, who did you see doing that? Or was that, like, in terms of you um, realising that was something that was important for your game, bowling in the breaks? Or was it something that you just kind of, um, you know, started doing yourself? Uh, I remember, I can't remember a specific game, but I remember a time where uh, Mick Lewis would always um, he'd sort of bang on about not, but not giving the opposition any free balls in in the start of your spell. So um, I probably did it a couple of times and then just thought, oh, if I just take an extra two minutes, I can go bowl two or three balls just in the warm, just to make sure my body's moving and I'm not um, really stiff after coming out of the break. So I think that's where that came from. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I want to ask you as well just about life off the field for you, Scotty, and how things, um, you know, things might have changed over the last... Uh, it's getting on 12 months since since last summer's ashes. Like, in terms of life for you, I presume you're a lot less anonymous. Like, do, do people kind of recognise you in the street and, and things like that? Yeah, definitely getting recognised a lot more now, um, especially around home in Parkdale. Um, sort of get recognised going down the street a fair bit and end up bumping into people that I'd never usually talk to. So that's been a bit different. Um, and the only, the only other thing is just being away a lot more, like... Pakistan was five weeks away. Sri Lanka was uh, probably five or six weeks away, and, and now we've got a bit of a um, trip away from home, and then possibly India as well, and then maybe the Ashes there if I if I make it that far. But um, yeah, so there's just the the time away from home is probably the hardest thing that I've found. How have, have you kind of handled that? You've obviously had you know tours to Sri Lanka and Pakistan as well over the last you know nine or ten months. Has it been difficult? Um, yeah, I've never been really someone who like loves being away from home. Um, I, yeah, I love love being home, but I've just sort of tried to embrace being on tours and hanging out with guys who are your mates with. So it makes it a bit easier when you do get along with pretty much well, most of the guys on tour. So, um, yeah. You mentioned getting recognised and stuff and running into people in, in Parkdale. What's kind of the, the funniest thing that's, that's happened to you since uh, since last, last Ashes? Uh... I remember walking down the street with one of my girls and um, I left the garage door open because a bit of water got in just when it was raining. And um, yes, yeah, so, yeah, so I was down the street and the, some kid came up to me and goes, oh, Scotty, you left your garage door open. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks, mate. Like, weird that you know where I live, but um, yeah, thanks for the help. <laughs> That's a bit creepy. Yeah. I know, yeah. And you've never seen this kid before? or uh, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> 
And how's you know how's your your partner Daff and and your kids? Have they? I mean, are your kids old enough to kind of realise what you did last summer and, and that 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 kind of thing is 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 a bit weird? No, they don't. Oh, obviously they're only four and two, so they don't really know um, too much what's going on about that. But they know I'm away a fair bit now with cricket. Um, they're sort of getting used to uh, FaceTime calls and stuff like that, which is well, which makes it a lot easier. But um, yeah, hopefully at some stage this summer they can come on the road and um, experience a bit of tour life. And does your wife kind of roll her eyes at, at things like this? Like, does she does she like it? Does she find it funny? Uh, yeah, she. Th- I think she finds it funny. Um, but yeah, same thing. She probably finds it weird that people know where we live now and um, stuff like that. <laughs> For anyone listening, uh, Scott Boland's address is what? No, only joking. Um, you mentioned the, the time away from home being being a tricky tricky kind of thing. I want to ask you about um, about England. You know, there's obviously an Indian tour before that, but um, a lot of people suggested that your style of bowling, you know, could be particularly effective over there. Before we just touch on next summer's Ashes, uh, next Northern summer's Ashes, did you kind of think about playing county cricket at all th- this season um, just gone by? Um, yeah, I did. I did think about playing it, but um, with being away in Pakistan for five weeks and then only being home for a little bit, I just thought I'd rather spend the time at home. Um, I'm yeah, pretty big on keeping my strength up to help my bowling, so um, that's sort of a key thing for me, that if my strength really drops off, my bowling sort of goes downhill, so I want to keep that up um, as much as I can, um, especially knowing I'm sort of towards the back end of my career. I want to sort of... Um, Every game I play, I want to be feeling as good as I can. I don't want to be bowling, um, not unnecessary balls, but bowling for uh, just the sake of bowling, really. Would that, you know, would that also be the case looking at um, 2023? Um, yeah, I haven't really looked that far ahead yet, to be honest. But um, I know at some stage in the in the last few years of my career, I want to go over there and and, and uh, experience a, a summer away from oh, a summer over there and. Um, yeah, enjoy the um, county life. Because you haven't really done it, right? Like, you've, I know you did the, the 2018 Indigenous tour, but have you played much in England apart from that? No, not really. Um, oh, no, not at all, yeah. really. Um, but, yeah, I've <clears throat> everyone keeps saying it will suit my bowling, so, yeah, wait and see if I get over there. Yeah, and in terms of the, the Dukes ball, I know we, we used them in Sheffield Shield cricket for a while out here. Is that, um, is that helpful, potentially looking ahead to, to the Ashes? Yeah, I've yeah used obviously used that one a few years ago. We've, I've um, trained a fair bit, trained a little bit with the English Dukes ball as well, and um, yeah, it's a it's a nice ball, swings and seems around. So yeah, did you watch uh, England? Obviously had a had a fantastic win over over Pakistan last night. Um, did you did you kind of take in some of that? Did you think about what um, you know what potentially that could be when when Australia do play England next year? Um, yeah, I watched the last probably hour um, on TV and. Um, yeah, it was obviously a great finish. That's the way um, Test cricket is meant to be played in terms of uh, like a really late result where both teams could win, a draw, could be a draw. So, um, yeah, fantastic game. Um, good advertisement for Test cricket. Nothing. That's why it's the best format. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess I should ask you about India as well before that. Um, you know, we've talked about Sri Lanka and Pakistan being tours that you went on and, and kind of had to do a lot of observing and, and net bowling. Did you Do you feel like you know the little things that you picked up in those two countries might help you if you got a shot in um, in India. Yeah, if I yeah I feel like if I do get um, picked on that tour, I've, I've been playing at the Junction and the MCG for the last ten years, so their wickets are pretty flat. So I've got um, sort of got my head around my sort of a game plan or what it looks like um, if I do 
play in those conditions. Um, even yeah, picking up little things at training, like running with the ball, running in with the ball in the other hand, which I haven't really been able to do before, but having the time to practice that for an extended amount of time, um, I think I sort of can get my head around that. And yeah, it's just little things like just being disciplined for like you have to be like we took us 15 days to win in Pakistan. Um, and just things like that. So just it's just a different mindset to when you're playing in Australia. Surely it couldn't be harder than bowling at the MCG um, for a few of those years in the in the Shield, right? Oh yeah, we had some flat years in the G <laughs> where I don't think we won or lost a game. I think every game was a draw for about two or three years there. But um, yeah, obviously different conditions conditions with the heat. Mm. Just finally, I guess you, you did mention you, you're in the back end of your career. You're in you know the the last few years of it. Those two tours, uh, you feel like they're you know your your best shot at, at um, you know have, having a really good finish to, to international cricket and, and cricket in general. Yeah, um, well they probably are. Like I want to play for as long as I can. I want to keep my body in a spot where I can keep uh, keep performing for as long as I can. I think, um, yeah, like the way that the schedule's been planned out, um, and even this summer only playing three shield games leading into this summer I think yeah, if my body's in a good spot and I keep myself fresh and um, injury free then yeah I think oh no I could go on for a, a couple more years I'm not sure yet um, we, I guess we'll see how it all plays out Look forward to it uh, look forward to seeing you you're playing some of that cricket Scotty and, and hopefully um, might be able to see you play this week in, in Adelaide as well Hopefully <laughs> Thanks Scotty Cheers